Hello, this is Snigdha from Newslaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Saturday, the 2nd of May. The number of cases in India has crossed the 37,000 mark. The death toll stands at 1,218 with 71 more deaths recorded in the last 24 hours. The lockdown, which was initially planned for 21 days starting from March 25th, has now been extended for the third time for another two weeks. The Union Ministry has divided the districts in the country into red, orange and green zones based on the doubling rate and number of cases. At least 130 districts are in the red zone, 284 in orange and 319 in the green zone. Metro cities like Mumbai, Delhi, Kolkata, Hyderabad, Pune, Bengaluru, Chennai and Ahmedabad are all in the red zone. A Home Ministry spokesperson said that there will be no restrictions on the sale of non-essential items by e-commerce platforms in green and orange zones. The exemptions will be effective from May the 4th, when the third phase of the lockdown will begin. Earlier too, the ministry had announced to allow the sale of non-essential items on e-commerce platforms, but later it backtracked from its decision. Maharashtra remains the worst affected state with more than 11,000 cases and 485 deaths. On the other hand, Kerala, for the first time in over a month, reported zero new cases on Friday. The state, which was the first one in India to have COVID-19 patients, has seen the slowest rise in numbers in the last month among states with higher number of infections. Right now, it has 497 confirmed cases and just three deaths. Goa Chief Minister Pramod Sawant, too, has said no new coronavirus cases have been reported in the state since April the 3rd. All patients have recovered and have been discharged. However, tourism activities in the state will remain suspended till May 17th. The number of COVID-19 cases in a Delhi-based battalion of the Central Reserve Police Force or the CRPF, the country's largest paramilitary, has risen to 122. The men belong to the 31st Battalion of the Paramilitary Force and are based in Mayur Vihar Phase 3 in Delhi. The area has been entirely sealed after a huge number of COVID-19 infections began building up over the last few days. Most of these infected troopers are asymptomatic. The personnel are admitted to an isolation facility of the Delhi government at Mandoli. 12 troopers had tested positive on Friday and a 55-year-old sub-inspector of the same unit had died due to the disease early this week. 41 people in a building in southwest Delhi's Kapshera area tested positive. The first case in the building was reported on April 18th and the building was sealed the next day. Delhi's Health Minister Satyendra Jain has said that all 11 districts in the national capital will remain in the red zone till May 17th. After the government allowed six special trains for migrant workers on Friday, the Nashik authorities today sent its second special train carrying 847 migrant workers to Lucknow. Yesterday, the first train from Aluva in Kerala left for Odisha. Kerala is sending two more trains to Hatia and Jharkhand today. Railways are expected to arrange all medical facilities on the trains. Another special train with 1,200 migrants will arrive in Patna today. All the passengers will be screened at railway school and then sent to their respective districts. Gujarat too has decided to send two trains carrying migrant workers from Ahmedabad to Uttar Pradesh and one train from Surat to Odisha. About 1,400 migrant workers employed at brick manufacturing factories in Hubli district in Karnataka have been sent back to their homes in other parts of the state in specially arranged buses. 
Talking of Karnataka, the Karnataka government has issued a show cause notice to an IAS officer, Muhammad Mohsin, today over a tweet where he praised the Tablighi Jamaat members who had recovered from COVID-19 and donated their plasma. In his tweet last month, Mohsin had said, and I quote, more than 300 Tablighi heroes are donating their plasma to serve the country in New Delhi only. What about Godi Media? They will not show the works of humanity done by these heroes, unquote. The same officer had been briefly suspended during the Lok Sabha elections last year for trying to inspect the Prime Minister's chopper on his visit to Odisha, where he was posted as a poll observer. Listeners, we all know how a section of mainstream media demonized the Tablighi Jamaat. From communal hatred, fake news, conspiracy theories, misinformation and misreporting, the coverage of the Nizamuddin congregation had it all. Do read Chehek and Ayan's report titled, Audit of Bigotry. How Indian Media Vilified Tablighi Jamaat Over Coronavirus Outbreak As you can see, the importance of independent media, a voice free of any agenda, is now more important than ever before. And we are proud to say that News Laundry is one such voice. We do not depend on the government or any other organization for advertisements. Our sustenance depends solely on our lovely subscribers who have consistently been supporting us despite our odds. If you are a non-subscriber listening to this right now, I urge you to go on and check out our website newslaundry.com right now. We have been doing our best to bring you ground reports, fact checks, podcasts and videos to keep you informed. Go through the website and if you think we are doing a good job, please subscribe to us. The lowest plan starts at 300 rupees a month only. Tamil Nadu has reported 2,526 cases of infections and 28 deaths. But the state seems to be managing the pandemic quite well now. Just five or six districts are now reporting fresh cases, while Coimbatore, which once had the most number of COVID patients, has had no fresh cases for about a week. What has helped the state to keep the numbers relatively low after a sudden surge is its health network. However, the only district that has been listed under the green zone by MHA or the Ministry of Home Affairs has reported one COVID-19 positive case today. Meanwhile, the Prime Minister Narendra Modi met Finance Minister Nirmala Sitaraman to discuss a second economic stimulus package. As the COVID pandemic and the prolonged lockdown batter all sectors of the economy, the government was working on a rescue plan that for now may address the needs of the micro, small and medium enterprise segment rather than the larger corporate sectors. More than six meetings have been held at the Prime Minister's office, including Thursday's meeting with Finance Minister Nirmala Sitaraman and Commerce and Industry Minister Piyush Goyal to discuss the scope and quantum of the second fiscal package. India's armed forces will on Sunday conduct fly-pasts, light up their ships at sea, shower petals on hospitals and lay wreaths on memorials for police officers to thank all workers who are on the front line of India's fight against the coronavirus pandemic. The Chief of Defence Staff, General Bipin Rawat, along with three service chiefs, held a press conference last evening to announce the plan. All the three forces will pay a tribute to India's COVID-19 warriors in different ways. While our brave health workers are battling the pandemic from the front lines for us, they do need more than just symbolic actions as support. There are multiple reports of lack of access to adequate number of PPEs and other safety materials. You can read Menaka Rao's report on how ASHA workers are battling coronavirus without safety gear or training on our website newslaundry.com. 
To get an idea of the struggle and the sacrifices made by our dedicated healthcare workers, News Laundry's correspondent Pratik Goyal wrote a detailed ground report about a COVID-19 ward in a hospital in Pune. It is titled, Inside the COVID-19 Ward of Pune's Sassoon General Hospital. Do read it on our website. Now for some international updates. Globally, the coronavirus has infected more than 33 lakh people and killed at least 2.5 lakh people, according to the Johns Hopkins tracker. China, from where the pandemic began, however, is seeing a fall in the number of cases. The country's most populous city saw an increase in outbound travellers, tourists and day-trippers on the long holiday weekend. The increase in the number of people travelling was led by residents of Wuhan, the centre of the coronavirus epidemic that first struck the country late last year. According to a Reuters report, the number of people travelling outside their home cities jumped 40% on 1st of May, the start of the Labour Day weekend. The increase in tourism was led by increases in travellers from Wuhan, Beijing, Dalian, Tianjin and Jinan, with China having eased curbs on travel and relaxed rules on quarantine amid dwindling cases of the coronavirus in the country. The US has recorded 1.13 million cases so far, with more than 65,000 deaths. Nearly a dozen US states tentatively returned to public life on Friday, the first mass reopening of businesses since the pandemic brought America to a standstill six weeks ago. But there were clashes across the country over how, when and even whether it should be done. Partisan battles flared up in Illinois and Michigan where armed protesters demanded that Democratic governors loosen restrictions. Texas lifted stay-at-home orders for its 29 million residents. Meanwhile, US regulators have allowed the emergency use of the experimental drug Remdesivir, which appears to help some coronavirus patients recover faster. It is the first drug shown to help fight COVID-19, which has killed more than 230,000 people worldwide. Donald Trump announced the news on Friday at the White House, along with Stephen Hahn, the Food and Drug Administration Commissioner, who said the drug would be available for patients hospitalized with COVID-19. The president said that the approval represented a very promising situation in the country's fight against the virus. The emergency approval comes days after Dr. Anthony Fauci, the government's top infectious disease expert, expressed cautious optimism about the results of a remdesivir drug trial. Russia has recorded another steep jump in cases as the disease continues to overwhelm the country's hospital and infect top members of the government. The country saw a record increase of 9,623 new confirmed cases of coronavirus on Saturday as the national tally crossed 124,000. Russia is showing the second highest rate of spread of the disease in the world behind the United States. Officials, however, say that the actual number of infected may be far higher than government statistics show. The mayor of Moscow on Saturday estimated that 2% of the Russian capital's population is infected, meaning more than 240,000 people may have the virus in a city of more than 12 million. That exceeds the confirmed 62,658 cases by nearly four times. Officially, Russia has posted close to 1,200 deaths from coronavirus, but the numbers are likely to be higher. In St. Petersburg, eight refrigerator trailers used as mobile morgues appeared outside of hospitals this week to handle the overflow. Spain's coronavirus death toll has reached 25,100 today after 276 people died overnight. The total number of cases has now crossed 216,000. 
However, Spain's coronavirus lockdown, one of the toughest in Europe, is slowly being eased and people are twitchy about the newly restored privilege of exercise. As of first thing on Saturday, adults will be allowed to exercise between 6am and 10am and then from 8pm to 11pm. The children's slot is from midday to 7pm while the streets belong to the older people and those who need assistance from 10am to midday and then 7pm until 8pm. Rohingya refugees, whose relatives, including children, have been stranded for weeks on cramped boats, have urged the international governments to act before they perish at sea. Two boats carrying about 500 people were last spotted off Bangladesh about a week ago but are believed to have returned to the high seas. The refugees on board, who were fleeing desperate conditions in camps in Bangladesh, had attempted to reach Malaysia but appeared to have been turned away. Bangladesh has also said it will not allow the boats to dock. Migrant and refugee populations in Southeast Asia have been battling not only the coronavirus but also measures by countries that could further fuel mistrust and discrimination. On Friday, undocumented migrants in Malaysia were detained in large-scale raids as part of the authorities' effort to contain the outbreak. Iran's death toll from coronavirus has increased by 65 in the last 24 hours to 6,156 people. The total number of diagnosed cases in Iran, one of the hardest-hit Middle Eastern countries, has reached 96,448, out of which 2,787 are in critical condition. Now for some non-coronavirus news. Sajid Hussain, the editor-in-chief of Balochistan Times, has been found dead in Sweden. A statement released by the publication said that Hussein had been missing since 2nd of March 2020. On Thursday, the Swedish police informed his family that they had discovered his body in a river in Uppsala, a city near Stockholm. The statement said, and I quote, We at Balochistan Times are deeply saddened by the demise of our dear friend and the founder of this magazine. We would like to extend our sincere condolences to his family. Also, we express gratitude to his former colleagues, friends, journalists and rights organizations for speaking up for him after his disappearance. Sajid will forever remain in our thoughts." Unquote. According to Reporters Without Borders, the editor went missing after boarding a train in Stockholm at around 11.30am on 2nd of March to go to Uppsala, 70 kilometers north, with the aim of collecting the keys to his new apartment and leaving some personal effects there. The Committee to Protect Journalists had also released a statement on March 30th stating that Swedish authorities should make every effort to locate the missing journalist and ensure his safety. Hussein had fled Pakistan about eight years ago after receiving death threats. His wife Shehnaz had told Dawn, a Pakistani newspaper, that Hussein's 2012 report on the issue of enforced disappearances in Balochistan had exposed a top drug lord, Imam Peel, leading to some threats. She had said that he also knew that he was being followed. There was also a report that some people had broken into his house in Quetta when he was out investigating a story. They took away his laptop and other papers. After that, he left Pakistan in September 2012 and never came back. Now for some homegrown stuff from Newslaundry.com. Do read Ayush's report on how a UP journalist was interrogated by the police for a story he did on low-quality PPEs. Also, don't forget to watch the latest episode of TV Nuisance where Manisha covered the Sonia Gandhi vs. Arnab Goswami saga. That's all for today. Have a great day or a good night depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow.
All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thank you.